it's uh, my pleasure to introduce to you our speaker this morning is Bob Vanderpaul. And uh, Bob Spearheads, he's actually the founder and director of uh, Vanderpaul Crisis uh, Response uh, Services. So uh, give a warm welcome to Bob as he shares with us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Could I have my slides up? That'd be awesome. Thank you. Now, it's way before my time, but Tom tells me phones used to look like that. Yeah. So I want to I talk today about, um, and the people called out to God. And the people called out to God. That's, that's in the good book a lot of times. And it's a reminder to us. So who talks on the phone every day? Okay, or texts every day? Yeah. How about uh, who talks on the phone or texts every day and it doesn't have anything to do with work or business? Okay, and why? Why do we do it? Good. We're in a relationship, right? And hopefully it's somebody we care about. <laughs> hopefully it's somebody who cares about us. But we do it because we want to. And you make non-work calls. How about do you call and text people who live a long ways away? Okay. Awesome. Um, do you sometimes call people who are in the next room? <laughs> we do that sometimes too, don't we? instead of getting out of the couch, off the couch. But that happens in the, in the context of relationships most of the time. And we make them because we care about each other. And we make it because communicating strengthens those relationships, right? That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Now, we value the solutions that may be offered sometimes, but mostly it's just because, okay? Do you, have, do you sometimes have people that are really, really important to you, but a long lapse of time takes place between reaching out, touching each other? I see head nods. Darn. Don't you hate it when that happens? But then you connect, and it's like you never let off, right? Jim Hopp was my college roommate. Seen you maybe twice in the last lot of years. Okay, but there's a bond, and we need to stay in touch. We'll make that happen, okay? But sometimes the tyranny of the urgent keeps us from doing what's important. And I want to refocus this on what's important, not just what's urgent, because we can get so caught up with the bumblebee in our car that we hit a truck, right? Try to do both. Okay, so we're going to talk about this because, th amazingly, the master of the universe wants to talk. Go figure. Go figure. Why in the world? Someday he'll explain it to us. But he loves us and us where he wants us to call. And he always picks up. Always picks up. The master of the universe knows your name. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. 
He knows where you live. Holy smokes. That's a big deal. Think about that. So when we call friends or family members, <clears throat> sometimes we call for guidance. Sometimes we call for help. Sometimes to celebrate milestones. Sometimes just because. So I want to talk about us calling God for some of those same reasons. So sometimes we call him just because. And he invites us to do that. He invites us to connect with him, and it changes us. He invites us to do it. Now, it's a little daunting because he says, pray without ceasing. Anybody feel intimidated by that one? Holy smokes. First uh, Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, when I was a little kid, pray without ceasing, in my mind, equated to the congregational prayer. And in the church I grew up in, it was a uh, Dutch-dominated, Reformed-type church. And the congregational prayer, to a little kid, felt like praying without ceasing. Because <laughs> that was one long sucker. <laughs> Two peppermints worth. <laughs> and the pastor would, Ah, oh, Hawks, dear Lord, we thank you for the chance to communicate with you. And we pray for forgiveness for all our sins and trespasses. A little kid, a lot of things came in mind about the sins. Didn't know what trespassing was yet. And I thought, I wonder if adults sin. But I knew I had. And we pray for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. I had a hard time picturing somebody less fortunate than myself at that moment, but there must have been some. And then they'd pray for healing <clears throat> for Gertie and Hannah and Jan and all and on and on and on. And I'd look around and say, whoa, all those people are sick. If they were all here, this place would be crowded. But that seemed like prayer without ceasing to me. It seemed because it just seemed like it went on and on and on and on and on forever. And so sometimes I think we quit because the standard seems too high. I can't pray without ceasing. Um, Pastor Duane sometimes has quoted a, a British evangelist. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. If your name was Smith Wigglesworth, you better be tough or fast, I think. <laughs> but he said, he said, I've rarely prayed for an hour, but barely an hour goes by that I don't pray. I think that's what pray without ceasing means. And so if you think about that, and the Lord says, then you will call Oh, I'm behind myself. The Lord says, if you pray, when you call, the Lord will answer. You shall cry out, and he'll say, here I am. Isaiah 58, 9. No auto attendant. No, press one for confession. Press two for request. Press three for healing. You get a live person every time. Isn't that refreshing? You never get auto attendant from God. You get God. So if we call on him, he will hear us. How about if we instead walk through the day with an attitude of prayer? Whew. Alarm, 5 o'clock this morning. Lord, thank you for the miracle of knocking me out for eight hours and waking me up again. 
That's kind of a miracle, isn't it? We go unconscious for eight hours, and then we come alive. Thank you that when I turned on the shower, it worked. I have a house. My car has a house. My lawnmower has a house. I thank you, Lord, that I got here safely. Father, forgive me for the naughty words I said when I got cut off. Father, be with that person if he's troubled by something and distracted. Father, if he's just a jerk, touch him. Father, thank you for a job. Father, help me to see my colleagues as your sons and daughters, not as competition, not as pieces of meat. Help me to honor them and to love them like you do. Father, thank you for lunch. Father, I'm scared about this next meeting or this next assignment, this next meeting with a customer, this next meeting with my boss or somebody who reports to me. Father, I pray for your wisdom. Father, thank you I can return home to my family or to somebody who loves me, hopefully, and I can have an evening of rest without war in a land where there's peace. Wouldn't our day be different if we could pray without ceasing? We don't have to sit down and pray for an hour. We can pray all day. But does God really want to hear that stuff? He's the master of the universe. Certainly, he's, he's got to be, you know, working on Vladimir Putin today. <laughs> Why would he care about all this piddly stuff? And I, I just got a challenge. I have to challenge myself. I tend to be way too self-sufficient. And I need to challenge myself. Wait a minute. God cares about the piddly stuff, too. I don't just need God to get to heaven. I need God to get to Walmart. I do. And he invites it. He invites it, and he wants us to be there. So I just want you to think about this sometime. Maybe the next time you pray, imagine, get creative in your own brain. Imagine you snuck up behind Jesus, and he was praying. And it sounded like your prayer list. Because that's the stuff he wants to hear. And that's the stuff that he brings to the Father. So I'm trying to do this. For 30 years, I got up at 6 every single day, went to the Y, had that conversation already this morning, and worked out for an hour every day, five days a week, sometimes six, for an hour. I was very disciplined, and I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it, and I liked it. Not at first, but I liked it. And then somebody says, hey, physical fitness is really great, but what if you did that for devotions every day? And it was like, and not go to the Y? And then we moved, so that became simpler, but I started doing it. And my wife is somebody who can sit and pray all day. I can do it for about, it used to be 2.7 minutes, but it's getting longer. And so I'm kind of a version addict now. I get, up at, I get up at 5.30 or 6 every morning, and it's got the verse of the day, and it's got the little video, and it's got the soothing music that guides you through prayers and it's got devotionals and it's got movies and it's got all that and I can send them to my kids and wake them up, let them know their dad's thinking about them and praying for them at six in the morning. Life's changing for me. I don't work out as much as I used to, but I still try to, but I'm, I'm prioritized that for my morning and I, I just need to say, it's made that hour my favorite of the day, and it's made the rest of them better. 
okay? So I'm not saying this because I'm so godly, because I'm not, but it's really been a big difference. Another thing that helped me was I started writing out portions of my prayers. And so I've got about five years worth now, four or five years of like a diary, a prayer diary. I don't know about you, but I get distracted real easy if I just try to sit down and pray. And if I'm writing, it focuses me and it helps me stay in touch. And every morning when I come down and sit in my green chair, it's like the Holy Spirit's already here. He's already here. He beat me up again. He got here first, but he's listening, and he's there. And I'm hoping that maybe someday my grandbabies' grandbabies read those prayer journals. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to have a ministry into the future as well. So sometimes we, we pray just because. And sometimes we pray for guidance, right? And, you know, you know when you're trying to do do it yourself first. Sometimes a good friend is even better than the YouTube on how to fix something, right? A good friend can be that. Um, God invites us to ask him for guidance. I mean, he created everything and knows how it works, right? So if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So this is a friend who gives you good advice without mocking you. Says you knucklehead, don't you know how to do that? God doesn't do that. God gives generously and without finding fault. So we don't have to be ashamed about asking God for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom and he got the whole shillelagh, right? Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's a long list for me. So, big picture, your life is not yours. We tend to think we star in our own picture, right? It's God's. But he loves you. He has a plan you don't know about. So he's got a big picture, and he's got a little picture. So ask him to guide your life, keep the guardrails on you. And if he cares for lilies and sparrows, he's going to care for us. We get that. Sometimes we call people to celebrate. You know, um, my youngest son just got engaged, so I'm reaching out to lots of people. Hey, Joe the show, tying the knot. Here he goes, and it's fun. It's to celebrate. Oh, my gosh, remember when he was this, and remember this, remember that. And God invites us to celebrate, and that's what you did today as you worshiped. You celebrated that the master of the universe wants to talk to us. And you celebrated his greatness and it, all of the things that we can't understand. And we celebrate that he would want to reach down to us as well. Wow, that's, uh, that's more exciting than a wedding. That's more exciting than a grand slam. Right. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him sincerely and in truth. Then I will call upon they will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people. God, you know, we all have that brother-in-law that we don't admit in public. God admits he knows us. God admits he knows us. He says, this is my kid. I'm proud of my kid. I'm proud of my kid. And he invites us to ask him. 
Sometimes we call people to apologize. Not often enough. Not often enough. But God invites us to call him to and to confess. To confess our sins. And there are lots of scriptures about that. Um, I would need mega cheater readers to be able to see that from there. I hope you can. But Jeremiah 29, 12 is one example where God invites his people to clear the debris between us and him. And if we ask him to do so, he's faithful and just to do it. And he will forgive us. So it's great to have friends where you know or you can say, dude, I'm sorry. I was being an idiot that day. If I hurt you, I am so sorry. And I hope you forgive me and we can move forward. God invites us to do that. Okay? Sometimes we call a friend for help. And it's, isn't it great to have kind of like those 911 friends that you know you can call at 2 in the morning? That's a great, great friend. If you've got people like that in your life, man, you're rich. Because there are so many people who have zero. Including the people that should be. Right? But God says we can. He's got a 24-7 call center. 24-7 call center, and he's there for you. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I'm the one who delivers, rescues, and redeems, and I will do it. Psalm 50, 15. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. So I want to just tell a quick little testimony. Um, <clears throat> this was a long time ago. It was 21 years ago, but I ran the command center for response in Manhattan after 9-11. And um, talk about PTSD. And one day... I had to go to respond myself to a company. It's a company you've all heard of. It's a company that we receive information about from every day. I don't know how they get their information, but they do. But they were uh, in Chase Plaza, 42nd floor, <clears throat> right next to the Twin Towers. And as I was on my way there, I was pleading, pleading with God. We needed something extra for these people. We needed something extra. And it was way more than I have. I am filled with incapacity sometimes. And I was begging God, God, give me something extra. And I walked in. First thing I saw, I walked into this big boardroom. And there was Lady Liberty. And the sun just came out and shone on her. And it was like whoosh. Adrenaline rush. You know, one of those things where you feel kind of out of body. And that was there. And then I pivoted 90 degrees, and there right below was exactly how I picture hell. Filthy, smoldering, despicable stench of death. Seven blocks by four blocks. And now I'm begging God. I need something extra. I need something extra. Lord, you got to do this. I can't. 
And then I was supposed to be meeting with the C-suite, and so it was supposed to be six people, and I walked into the room, and there's 40 of them. And I swore gently <laughs> and said, God, I need something extra. And the Holy Spirit said to me, ask their names, which you don't do in New York. But I asked their names. And so they started going around the table. And then I had another, oh, crap, moment because they're from all over the world. And all the folks from Eastern Europe needed to buy a vowel because their names were nothing but consonants. And the people from Africa needed to buy a consonant because they had too many vowels. And it was like, I don't know why you asked me to do that because I can't even pronounce any of those names. But the gift the Lord gave me that day was as we met for the next two hours, I went 40 for 40 remembering people's names. I'm not that smart. It was like, it was like speaking in tongues. It just poured out. And afterwards, people said, how'd you do that? And I couldn't tell them the truth. And I said, I don't know. What's your name again? <laughs> but I begged for support, and the Lord gave it. And that's given me a lot of confidence in other situations where I'm in over my head, which is like daily. Call out for help. He loves to help. And then we can also call God for salvation. Right? That's the ultimate call. And we need to do that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He promised. Every person you call out. And he answers. He picks up himself. He wants to fix it. And it's there. So, wrapping up, we're going to do something that's a little creative. And please don't leave me hanging here, okay? We're going to do antiphonal sentences. So, I'm going to say the name of a biblical character. And you all, as true men of God, are going to say, call out to God. That's your line. And then I'm going to finish the verse. And we're going to do this several times, all right? You with me? Please, please. David, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. Psalm 142.1. The people of Israel, you guys are good. Begging for help, the Lord raised up Othniel, a rescuer, to save them. Judges 3.9. Moses, what am I to do with these people? They're ready to stone me. And the Lord brought water out of a rock. Isaiah, and the shadow went back 10 degrees on Ahaz's sundial. Do you know that story? Look it up. Pretty sweet. Samson, oh God, look on me again. Give me strength yet one more time. And Jonah, in his distress, he called out to the Lord from the belly of Sheol, I called for help. So have you ever identified with David or the people of Israel or Moses or Isaiah or Jonah or Samson in your life situation? They called out to God and it worked.
encourage you to do it too. One more time, I want you to, on three, say your name loudly, and I'll finish the sentence. One, two, three. Called out to God. Call home. Your father wants you to call. Can we pray? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who is alive. And Emmanuel, you're with us and you want to talk. And you want to help us and comfort us and encourage us and forgive us and save us. And so, Lord, prompt us throughout the course of the day to pray without ceasing in all of life's situations. Help us not to be so stuck on ourselves that we forget the master of the universe. In Jesus' name, amen.